This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. It's another episode of When Spirit Calls, and today our guest is Kayla Tortoclib. Kayla is a medical intuitive soul care coach with a specialization in the Akashic Records, as well as a certified life and body-mind-soul healing mentor. She supports people who are suffering from physical, emotional, and spiritual pain to uncover the energetic root cause. Think of her as Sherlock Holmes for the human body. I just love that. Kayla spent her early years feeling like there was something wrong with her, like she needed fixing. Struggling with not feeling normal caused anxiety, a lack of joy, and physical ailments. Her breakthrough in healing came when she decided to take her power back, find her voice within, and alchemically move stuck and stagnant energy that she had inside. She is now the owner of Deeply Rooted Healing, where her mission and purpose is to support and empower others to connect to who they truly are at the core by connecting them to their own inner knowing. It's going to be a great show today. Hello, hello. It's another day on When Spirit Calls, and you have just learned a little bit about our lovely guest today, Miss Kayla Twirlclib. And I am so excited about having Kayla here today because I actually got to experience a little bit of her magic. And I was so shocked at what came out of my experience with Kayla. And so um, you know a little bit about what she does, but I really want to invite her to share a bit of her story. Hi, Kayla. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. And especially after I went through an experience with you, um, you know, it was a healing session and, you know, some things came up. I had one idea of what it was going to be like in my mind. And like, I was like, oh, this is the problem I need to solve. And then we found a whole different problem. <laughs> So I'm so excited for our audience to learn from you, hear a little bit about you and the work that you do. And uh, and so why don't you start us off with just telling us a little bit about your pathway? You know, obviously, Spirit called you to where you are as, as a healer and as a teacher now. But, you know, what was that? What's that story? What's that why for you in doing this work? Oh, yes. I love talking about stories and hearing everyone's story. And you know, I was thinking about this before, before I came on today, and I was thinking, I want to go a little back further compared to what maybe, you know, a couple of years ago. And for me, this started when I was a little girl. And I used to have this reoccurring nightmare where I felt I was trapped inside my room. The walls would start to get so tall into exponential heights. The door seemed to be miles away, and I felt like I couldn't get out. And there was these voices taunting me. Like, You're not going to get out. You're never going to survive. No one can hear you. And I had this dream, this nightmare, not just one night, but almost every night. And I had it all the way up until my 20s. Wow. Yeah. And and after a while of having this, this nightmare, it turned into an everyday nightmare. And what I mean by that is I started to have um, throughout the day... I would start to hear sirens, you know, any sort of um, 
storm, thunder, lightning, and even people arguing, I was starting to feel, again, the walls were getting tall. Mm. The door was really far away, and I felt that I couldn't escape. But anytime I brought it up, you know, people would think, well, you know, it's not a big deal. Just, you know, brush it off. But to me, this this seemed like such a big deal. But I, I was so young, I, I couldn't really articulate what it was other than, you know, like, I'm scared. I went out, but I didn't know what I wanted out of. And then when I was five, I was experiencing a real life. Now, my parents told me they were getting a divorce. And I know today that's such a common thing. But back then, I was so devastated when they told me. Mm. I can remember getting so worked up that when they told me, I threw up right away. Mm. And I thought that somehow this was my fault that they chose this. And again, I felt that same reoccurring, the feeling that the walls were getting taller and I couldn't get out. So I really felt like that was my fault. And I thought, you know, if if I stay quiet and, you know, I do as I'm told, this won't happen again. People won't leave me. They won't yell. But then when I was 11, um, faced with another nightmare. And my stepmom was battling for her life against, against breast cancer. And back then I was an avid Sunday church goer. And I was raised to believe that if you needed something from God, you could ask him and he would support you. So I can remember one night I was kneeling beside my bed and I was so angry, but I was praying and pleading and begging him to save her because I can go through that again. But unfortunately, um, my prayers weren't answered. And after she passed, you know, I was really starting to believe that all of these things were happening to, happening to me and that bad things would happen to me. I wouldn't get what I wanted. So. I thought, you know what, whatever, let's just forget about them. Let's not, you know, work through this pain. And I just pushed it away. And I pushed it so deep inside. And I thought, I thought I was doing a really good job. I thought, you know, <laughs> no one can see this on the outside. I'm fine. But I actually wasn't doing a, a good job. A lot of people always came around me and they thought, this girl is angry. There's a lot going on there. And it wasn't until actually in 2019 that I met you. It was totally by happenstance of a friend invited me to go for a reading. And this really opened up the gateway for me to, to realize that there was something more out there, more than what I had been brought up on. I, I was so shocked I mean, I'm, I'm sure most people that come for a reading with Deanne are always so blown away with how beautiful the information was. But for well, maybe me, not thought, all of them, but <laughs> maybe, but the majority of them. Um, Deanne's readings are amazing. Um, I I was shocked with how someone was starting to see me, and someone actually could validate my feelings and could understand all of those things that I had went through. And that really just sparked this curiosity and this ex excitement inside of me to start exploring what, what else was out there. And, you know, along the way, I've met many mentors and teachers and way showers, but 
I, it wasn't really until I started to learn that this pain that we go through, this suffering is actually the answer and the gateway into our next chapter. It's the secret that's holding us back from where we are to where we want to go. So that's a little, little bit about what I experienced. Well, okay. There's like so much here that I want to talk about. Um, but first of all, I thank you so much for sharing your vulnerable story. I mean, experiencing the nightmares in itself, I can relate to that because I had very traumatic nightmares and recurring nightmares as well. Nightmares where I would actually have sleep paralysis. So I would be awake and conscious eyes open, but still be experiencing the dream. And so, mm. you know, I spent a lot of nights on my parents' bedroom floor because it was so terrifying for me. I just wanted to find that safety. And, you know, with you and your walls closing in on you, it's so interesting how that showed up for you, even in your real life too, where you can express yourself understanding that, oh my God, it feels like every, the walls are closing in, everything's kind of caving in. It's that overwhelm, that anxiety and I don't think you're alone in that. So I feel like that's so powerful to share with people, regardless whether they have dreams about it, they certainly might connect with that feeling of everything kind of coming in and down on them. And um, one of the things that I do want to share for people that are like, oh my God, I've got a child that has nightmares, or I used to have nightmares. One of the things that really helped me, and maybe you have um, some ideas of what helped you, but um, it worked like it worked like a charm every time it was the Lord's prayer. Mm. I would start saying the, our father. And as soon as I did that, it was just like everything that, I, you know, all the scary stuff, everything just kind of went away and dissolved. Um, did you have something that helped you or do you do something now when you feel like the walls are coming down at you? Is there something that you do or a practice or, uh, you know, a way out? You know, I didn't at the time. I, I had no, you know, sense of how to breathe through it per se. But now in, in a way, I kind of have my own little mantra or process is just reminding myself that I'm safe, that I'm okay. And just going through that over and over. It's not lengthy by any means, but it just, it makes me realize that that's not actually going on and I'm okay. Yeah. And sometimes it's the simplest things that work the best, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to say, I'm okay. I'm actually okay. Okay. The walls aren't literally, you know, falling down on me. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And even just that can snap us out. So it's great that you kind of lean into that too. Um, you know, you also spoke about your, the, the divorce of your parents and of course the loss of someone that you love so much. And, um, and I want to talk about this for a moment because you said, you know, your prayers weren't answered because you were praying for mom to stay. And you thought, if I pray, then then she'll be OK. And she wasn't. So I'm curious to know what was your relationship with God around that? You know, did you were you did you have to come to a forgiveness place on that? Because I think many of us have this misconception that you know, when we pray our God answers our prayer, well, he doesn't always answer, answer the way that we think he should or she should, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the answers come, it's just not in the way that maybe we wanted them to. So I'm curious about your take on that. Yeah. And that was a huge part of my story too, is, you know, after she passed, again, I thought, you know, 
things aren't going to happen in my favor. And I thought, you know, God is not there for me. So I stopped going to church. I avoided anything to do with religion or God at all costs because I thought, what's the point? He doesn't hear me anyways. And it wasn't until um, it wasn't until I was introduced to this world of spirituality and I was starting to go through these processes where, again, I was talking about that I was right in the pain. And it's funny how you know, a lot of us avoid pain at all costs. Mm -hmm. But it's actually funny how quickly the pain, the fear, the anxiety, the frustration can shift when you're able to just sit in the discomfort of it. Yeah. So as I was able to sit in that discomfort, I was actually reunited with God. Mm. And I started to realize that you know, at the time I thought, you know, he's not listening to me, you know, this isn't happening in my favor, but all of those pieces, yeah, those, those experiences were the gifts and the teachings that I had to go through and they shaped me into who I am today. Yes. But at the time I didn't realize that, but he was actually with me the entire time. The entire time. And I, I think, I think a lot of us have that despair where we feel like we've been abandoned by that energy or entity, creator, God, whatever you call it, you know, where we feel like we've been abandoned. And that brings me back to footprints. I, I bring up this poem all the time, you know, the footprints in the sand, you've got two sets of footprints, a man and Jesus walking on the beach. And all of a sudden, there's only one set of footprints when the man's struggling. And he says, Jesus, why have you abandoned me? And he says, well, no, I was carrying you like, hello. <laughs> And I love that because I think that's a reminder for all of us who maybe are struggling, who maybe are angry with God or angry with creator um, to come to this understanding that we're still being carried. The love is unconditional that we are, we have the support that we need and understanding that when we ask for something, if it doesn't show up the way that we had hoped or we thought it should, that it is happening or showing up in the way that it needs to. And we often can't see the bigger picture. You know, we can't say, oh, well, your mom died for this reason or that reason. I mean, you could go down a rabbit hole. But the point being is that you have to trust and have faith that that happened for something really special. Whether it was you coming to your own self and understanding God whether it was for your family to experience it. we I mean, the ripples are big, right? And so we don't have to pull at every single thread, but we can just simply trust that there is some deeper meaning to that, to that experience. And so I love that as you leaned into the pain, you discovered God again. Isn't that interesting? Who would have mm -hmm. thought you would find God in the pain of all places, right? So let's talk about this discomfort and pain, because one of the things we know for sure is that every human being goes through pain. We all mm -hmm. do. And that could be physical pain. That could be emotional pain. There's lots of types of pain. But the point being is that we all get to experience it. And I find it so interesting. And I think you'll be able to speak to this. You know, our souls chose to come into this human form. You know, we, we decided, oh, yeah, I want to go and experience being human in this three-dimensional space. And I, I want to go and, you know, do that thing and do that thing. And I'll experience all the highs and the lows and it'll be awesome. And then we get here and we're like, 
why the hell did I decide to come here? (laughs) This is so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't like it here. So we have this like love hate relationship almost right with this aspect of experiencing particularly pain and discomfort. But then when we feel that joy and the happiness, oftentimes we kind of miss, you know, really truly feeling that. So we kind of live almost in between these two worlds of pain and deep love. And we kind of can't find our footing in there of really learning to appreciate all that is. So what are some things that we can do that will help us to maybe appreciate all that is, or to maybe help us to shift the pain? Because people want to know, they're like, they're sitting there thinking, okay, that's great. You know, you sat in the pain. Well, what, what does that actually look like? What, what are the steps? And so maybe mm-hmm. you can shine some light on that. Yeah, I find that that's the biggest piece that holds so many of us back is the whole pain. And that really comes, comes down to fear is a lot of us have have been so afraid of what will happen when we face this pain, when we face what happened maybe when we were younger or 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 even in another life. Yeah. But the truth is that, you know, the pain and the fear isn't as scary as it's as it's meant to be or as scary as we've thought or been told it really is. Now, when I talk about being able to sit in the pain, to some people, it, it might be still a concept. It's really to, to you know, if you're, you're by yourself, you can sit there, maybe if you meditate, and simply ask your pain. For example, if, you know, you had hip pain, for example, you can sit there and you can simply ask the pain or have a conversation with it. And say, hi, pain. I hit pain. I see you. What do you need today? Yeah. And just starting to build that that relationship, that conversation in the beginning, for some people that might seem a little strange. And that's okay. But it's just starting to build that relationship where you're actually sitting with that pain and starting to talk with it. And from my experience and working with other clients, People are shocked when they ask that pain or they sit there and they're able to communicate with it. They're absolutely blown away with what comes back. Right. I had, yeah, for example, I had this lady who was experiencing extreme vertigo to the point where she wasn't able to get out of bed. And for people, if you don't, it's, you know, dizziness. And she was getting to a point, like I said, she couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't do anything. And it was very debilitating. So as she was able to sit there, I simply asked her, you know, anything you're noticing about this, this dizziness, this vertigo, she realized that she had this flight coming up and she was terrified to fly again. And by simply having this awareness of connecting the dots the dizziness and the vertigo went away just by having the awareness. Yeah. I think this is so powerful because, you know, I'm big, I'm a big advocate for building relationship to all aspects, whether it's energetic, whether it's our physicality. And I, this is a practice for me too, because for a long time I was like, Oh my gosh, I got this pain in my foot and I'd be so mad about it. And it's like, I would reject that. You know what I mean? I'd be like mad that my foot was sore. Now, because I know you and I've learned over time, 
I now lean into that pain and I say, I hear you. Did I work? Did I work you too hard? You know, what can I do differently? What can I do to help you with this? You know, I start having a conversation, like you said, building relationships, seeing that energy. And before you know it, that energy is already alchemized, isn't it, Kayla? It's not, mm-hmm. even, you don't even have to tell it to, to change. It just by us seeing it, honoring it, holding space, lovingly giving it attention, it alchemizes the energy. It's like a child who wants your attention, right? You know, mm-hmm. as soon as you give them focused attention, they're like, oh, okay, everything's better now. And so inviting that for people who are experiencing pain and discomfort, can you dive right in, right? You know, that invitation is for them to dive right into it. Don't resist it. Don't be angry with it. It wants a loving relationship with you. It's one, it's telling you something really, really important that you need to know. And so I love this. I love this message for people. Yeah. And I think another part of that too is we've been or we've been made to believe that building that relationship and having that conversation that it's going to take a lot and it's going to be really hard and you know it's going to take a long time but again it's just the invitation is can you sit in that discomfort for even five minutes mm-hmm. and if you don't notice something right away that's okay because again you're building that relationship like you talked about yeah Absolutely. I just absolutely love that. And and I think that we have this interesting thing as human beings where it's like we create more suffering for ourselves or we sit in the suffering even longer. And resisting it is one of those ways to stretch it out. If you really want to stretch out your suffering, then resist it, <laughs> right? Um, but it's also recognizing that we do have the means and the capabilities to work through that. And I think that's part of your messaging too, you know, that we have the power to heal, that we can choose that, that we are more than capable of doing that and recognizing we've got the inner tools, we've got the capabilities. Sometimes we just need to activate them or remember that they're there. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's one other piece I I want to speak to that has been coming up a lot lately, and I am very, I'm guilty of it too. And it's this, this idea of, I don't know. Mm. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. And there is some degree of that that is true. But again, I'm going to ask the question is, what, what don't you know? What are you afraid of when you find that answer? Are you afraid of what that fear or that pain might show you? Because that's a big part that really holds us back and stalls our process of discovering what that pain, what the root of it might be, is sitting in this, I don't know. It's kind of like a protection mechanism that we yeah, have. Like, oh, I don't really know how to do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like passing the buck almost like, yeah. oh, I, I can't take care of that myself. So. Yep. You know, I really don't know. I that that's interesting that that comes up, and I think you're right about this whole fear thing because I think I think we fear the unknown, right? We fear uncertainty. We fear what's on the other side, and it's so funny because it's like we make up these stories that enhance our fear or validate that fear, and then we do end up getting stuck. And it reminds me, there's a book I read as a child and I I really need to find it because it was such a cute series and it was these little animal characters. And this one book in particular, 
was about this little character who went out into the forest and got lost. And he can't find his way back. So it starts to get dark out. And so as it gets dark out, he starts to see all these monsters of the night. So he sees this like scary monster with red eyes over here. And he sees this monster in the tree over here. And he sees this monster in the grass over here. And it's terrifying. He's so scared, all these monsters. And how is he going to get home? But eventually he just gets so tired and he falls asleep. So he falls asleep. And when the light comes and the sun is shining, he realizes where he is and he knows how to make his way back. But as he goes home in the light, he can see all these monsters that were there in the night. And the one monster in the grass was a, it was a pile of boulders. It was rocks. You know, it wasn't a monster after all. The one in the tree, oh, it was an owl in her owl's nest up in the tree. Um, the, the other monster was a log, you know, that had just fallen in such a way that looked like a monster. And so he started to realize, oh my gosh, I made up all these scary thoughts and I had these, you know, ideas in my mind and here they are all harmless. And I think that's the case for most of us, right? Where it's like, we've created this monster in our minds of what it's going to be on the other side. And so we just avoid it. <laughs> You're just like, I'll just go the other direction. There's monsters that way, but maybe they're not monsters after all. And maybe there is something so special and so magical about leaning in and using that pain as the doorway, using the fear even as the doorway to not allow it to have power over us. Cause that's pretty defeating to me to be, to say, I don't know. And just be in avoidance because it's too scary. That means that something else has a great power over me and I want to have power over me. I want to choose. So what are anything else that people can do in helping them to choose more powerfully, this path of discovery and taking that pain and making it into something or alchemizing it into something that is really valuable for them. I think one of the pieces that people can can do and view this journey on is is that it's an adventure. Mm. And recognizing it reminds me of our favorite Disney movies when we were growing up. How in the beginning they set out on these journeys. And many of them had to face many um, battles and ghosts and gremlins and what have you. But at the end of the day, they got to the other side. They got to their happily ever after. And just recognizing that it is going to be a journey, but these opportunities along the way are these gifts that lead us in the right direction. They lead us to the next steps. And just knowing that when you do step on that journey, that you don't have to know it all right now. You're not meant to. And if you did, you would already be there. <laughs> and but then just, what would be the point in living? Exactly, right? like, exactly. When they would be pointless, right? And I think we forget that. Like life is supposed to be an adventure. I want to mm -hmm. really talk about that for a minute because, you know, it is meant to be this beautiful adventure of discovery. And I'm finding such pleasure, you know, um, in one of the classes, Sacred Science, we're doing a flame meditation as a practice and I'm using it to be curious. I wonder if I try this, what would happen? I wonder if I try this, what would happen? And I, I feel like this is that's an opportunity for us to really allow ourselves to immerse in the pleasure of life. Like it is the journey, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that you've, you've seen quotes that say it's 
the journey, not the destination. And yet how fast we want to move through that journey to get to the destination. Well, if we get to the destination, then what, what else is there? Well, we've got to create another journey, don't we? Another adventure. And this is what life is all about. Sadhguru, um, if you've never heard Sadhguru, um, he's got some great wisdom within him. And he says, I don't want your dreams to come true because if all your dreams come true, you cease to exist. And so I love this idea of really allowing ourselves to come into a space of awe and wonder of childlike curiosity to say, Ooh, I don't really like it. it. looks a little scary, but let's go on an adventure anyways. Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought in the Disney stories and, and that piece, because I think if we take that childlike awe and wonder and we infuse it into our discovery, into our journey, into, pa- into pain, into that suffering. Oh my gosh. I think that's the magic. That's the magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I know we could spend all day talking about this stuff, but I hope that our audience got a bit of a taste about you. Kayla, what is your, um, what's the next step? If people want to reach out to you, if they're curious about your work and what you do, I know you also specialize in the Akashic Records like me, um, but what can they do to say, you know, what's next? Well, I know that sometimes it can be hard, you know, what we talked about, just sit in that discomfort to explore it, to find those answers. And that's why I find that it's really helpful to find that right support. So I'm actually offering to everyone that listens in that I'm offering a 20 minute free Akashic reading to those that feel kind of stuck and aren't sure how to move through that stickiness, that unsureness of why can't I move through this pain? What's holding me back? So that's, I specialize a little bit of that in the Akashics is finding that root cause of what's keeping you stuck that you might not be able to discover on your own. I love it. And I know you're very gifted in that because of my session with you and finding some, some deep rooted pain that I had stored away in myself. So uh, folks, I hope you take advantage of that. That link is going to be in the show notes for you so you can click it. Uh, anytime and book in your time with Kayla. Kayla, thank you so much for coming to be on the show. It's clear to me that spirit has called you throughout your entire life. And I'm so delighted that you found your way back to your connection with God and source energy and found your way into this beautiful role of being healer teacher. So thank you for finding your path and stepping into your truth. So grateful to have you. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. It was so fun. Okay, folks, until next time, we will be with you again soon on When Spirit Calls. Bye for now. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.